Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Mina Spears, the Baby Chick, and today I'm chatting with Dr. Nicole Avina, an assistant professor of neuroscience at Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York City and a visiting professor of health psychology at Princeton University. Dr. Avina is a research neuroscientist and an expert in the field of nutrition, diet, and addiction, with a special focus on nutrition during early life and pregnancy and women's health. She has written several books and frequently appears as a science expert in the media, including regular appearances on The Dr. Oz Show, Good Day New York, and The Doctors, as well as many other news programs. Her work has been featured in Time Magazine, Bloomberg Business Week, Time Magazine for Kids, The New York Times, and many other periodicals. Today, we will be chatting with Dr. Ravina about nutrition in pregnancy on behalf of Nine Moons. Every pregnancy is so different, and the nutrition we need from each one can vary, which is where Nine Moons can help. Nine Moons is this personalized prenatal nutrition program shaped by your DNA and lifestyle. Let's welcome Dr. Ravina to learn more. Hi, Dr. Nicole. We're so honored to have you on our podcast, Chick Chat. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, yes. We feel the exact same way. And you know, Dr. Nicole, with every episode, we always like to get to know our guests a bit more. So we'd love to learn what drove you to focus on nutrition during early life and pregnancy. Well, it's such a great question and uh, you know, something that I think about a lot like how did I get here, right? So my background is that I have a PhD in neuroscience and psychology. I went to Princeton and I am a professor and I've been studying how the brain is affected by what we eat. And so I have a research lab at Mount Sinai Medical School where I do research on this topic and I've been studying this for many, many years. And it was really interesting because I got pregnant with my first daughter and I thought to myself, wow, this is going to be so great. I you know, study nutrition and how it affects the brain for a living. So I'm going to be all set. I'm going to know exactly what to eat when I'm pregnant to have a healthy baby. And I realized that I didn't know what to eat. And it, in the popular culture, just among sort of like the everyday mom out there, there really wasn't a lot of good information out there to help moms make good choices about what kinds of foods to eat. There was plenty of information about, you know, what's toxic, what's damaging, what kinds of foods you should avoid. And it seems so fear-based to me. And knowing what I know about, you know, the research, there's a lot that you could do to capitalize on your health and your baby's health by eating the right foods at different points during a pregnancy. So it's really, for me, it became almost like a little bit of a mom mission for myself because I felt like I really wanted to help educate 
all the new moms out there about navigating pregnancy and nutrition and really just understanding why it's so important to eat healthy and get the right nutrients. And yes, avoiding, you know, the things that are bad for us, but focusing more on the positive size of things and making sure that, you know, we can emphasize that pregnant moms have lots of options in terms of what they eat. And it can really help to support their pregnancy and their baby if they make good choices. That's so awesome. And you're absolutely right. I feel like everyone talks about like, oh, you shouldn't be eating that or shouldn't have too much of this. So coming at it from like a positive point of view and also like where to start, like what to do that's just really, really helpful. So we're excited to, to learn more. So Dr. Nicole, explain to us first, like why good nutrition during pregnancy is so important. Well, really, we have become to know that nutrition plays a vital role in a variety of different things that can happen immediately and long-term when it comes to pregnancy. And really what you're doing is you're laying the groundwork for your new baby by passing on those important vitamins and minerals to them. And it really just helps to allow their bodies to take shape from scratch. We're making sure that, you know, in the very beginning of pregnancy that their neural tube closes properly. That's why it's important to make sure if you're trying to get pregnant or the minute you find out you are pregnant to make sure you're taking a prenatal vitamin because we want to make sure we're getting enough folate in our diet in order to help that to happen. That neural tube is what's eventually going to form into the brain and the spinal cord. And we also, by having good nutrients and good nutrition, we're able to help make sure that the baby is going to be born with strong bones. They're going to have, you know, healthy muscle tone and really just all of the elements of your baby are dependent on good nutrition during pregnancy. Yeah. It's like the building blocks of your child. So it's like essential. And that's why I think people are like, oh my gosh, this is so serious. Like, oh, it's so scary. So yeah, we need to know more. Continue. It doesn't have to be scary. And I always worry that when I talk about this, I come off as being like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What do I eat? But you know, that actually prompted me to write uh, one of the books that I've written called What to Eat When You're Pregnant, because I wanted moms to have a resource and have some information that was not fear-based, but just, hey, here it is week to week throughout your pregnancy, what's important to eat, what's developing in the terms of the baby, what's happening in terms of your pregnancy, because different foods at different points during that journey can have an impact. And it's also important to think about the fact that, you know, good nutrition during pregnancy is important because we want to make sure that not only are we nourishing our baby, but we want to be nourishing ourselves during pregnancy. We want to make sure that, you know, we're taking care of ourselves, that, you know, we're not overdoing it with the processed foods and focusing on trying to eat healthy, nutritious foods for our health as well as the baby's health. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. And I feel like, why is it that we always crave the bad stuff? It's just... (laughs) I know. It's funny, like during my pregnancy, I have two daughters and during my first daughter's pregnancy with her, I had these like really strange cravings. Like I would crave like the smells of certain things. Like I had the strangest craving for the smell of cut wood. Like if you go to Home Depot or Lowe's and you know, it's, you know, it smells like wood in there. I swear I crave that smell. And one of my friends actually found a candle that is the smell of cut wood and she sent it to me. What a thoughtful friend. Oh my gosh. That's so nice. I love that. But there are so many crazy cravings out there. It is. Yeah. Some of them are strange like mine and some of them are, you know, normal, like craving ice cream and cakes and cookies and things like that. So we've heard also a lot about the first thousand days. So I want to know, Dr. Nicole, what are the first 
1,000 Days, and why are we hearing more people talk about it lately? So the first 1,000 Days is essentially this period of a child's life that goes from the moment of conception until they reach the end of their second year. So if you count all those days up, the total is a thousand days. And this is a significant time in humans' lives because this is when the brain and the body and the immune system grow and are nourished. And what we're finding is that there is a significant impact by their environment. And so what's happening in terms of nutrition, in terms of exposure to different toxins, in terms of enrichment during this period can have a long-term impact. And this has become known among the medical and the scientific community as really the brain's window of opportunity. We know so much that our brains are changing as they develop throughout our lifespan, but the most sensitive time is really in this first thousand days. And nutrition plays a very big role here because we know that if we can nourish the brain and do our best to make sure that babies are getting exposed to all the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that they need during this critical window, it'll have a positive outcome on their health status later in life. And it can also have a positive outcome on food preferences. It can have a positive outcome on the ability for their immune system to function well. And there's even some research that suggests that it can have an impact on their cognitive health later in life. So it's a very important period of time. And we're starting to see a lot more research and a lot more focus on learning about this because we know that this is really just a critical window of development. And I kind of want to go into that a little bit more, if you don't mind. So what should we be giving our kids that during that first thousand days and probably during pregnancy too? Because like we said, it's the building blocks of our, of our child. Like what should we be thinking about and, and giving our kids? Yeah. So it's really about having a balanced diet. And my advice is to really try to kind of get back to the basics when it comes to that. One of the things that we see happening is that so often people are getting caught up in the convenience of highly processed foods. And we're finding that in our grocery stores these days that a lot more people are buying products that are in a box and shelf stable and being able to store, you know, for weeks and months on end. And that's a convenience and it's great. But as a society, we've become kind of overly reliant on that. And the cost that comes with that is it can lead to nutrient deficiencies. It can lead to us getting exposure to too much salt, too much sugar. And these are things that can be bad for a baby and bad for a pregnancy. And so I think it's just important to really focus on making sure you're getting the right macronutrients. And so the right amounts of healthy fats, like fats from omega-3, fatty acids, those are fats that you'd find in things like, you know, fish nuts, for example, and then also making sure you're getting enough healthy protein and also enough healthy carbohydrates. Try to avoid, you know, carbohydrates that are sugar-based carbohydrates, meaning, you know, added sugars are in the products. And then also you want to think about, so I just talked about the macronutrients, but we also have the micronutrients. And these are also nutrients that we need to stay healthy and for our babies to stay healthy and to grow healthy but we need them in much smaller quantities than we do the macronutrients. And so these micronutrients can essentially be obtained by eating a variety of different foods. But sometimes people find that if they don't eat the variety of foods or if they just don't consume enough of these different foods, that they can become 
deficient in one or more of the micronutrients. And this over time can lead to problems. And so that's why it's such a good idea to make sure that you're keeping track of what you're eating. And, you know, there's lots of opportunities to do that these days with different apps that are available and different resources to allow us to be able to have some control over what we're eating and know more details about it. Right. And I love how you mentioned earlier that by doing this, not only is it good for their health, but and it's helping them cognitively, helping maybe avoid a picky eater and so many different benefits. So that's really awesome. My, my next question is now going back to pregnancy. From morning sickness to cravings to food aversions and allergies, so many women have different experiences during their pregnancy. So, And even from pregnancy to pregnancy, which is wild. So since there isn't a like one size fits all approach to pregnancy nutrition, how do you recommend women approach their diet during pregnancy? I'm so glad you said that about, you know, there's no one size fits all approach because I think that that is so true. And you're right, even for the same woman experiencing, you know, different pregnancies, it can be a, a whole completely different experience because you're a different age, your body has changed, your health status may have changed. So there's a lot that can happen between pregnancies too. And I think that that's important for women to remember. But the bottom line comes down to making sure that we optimize our nutrition to make sure that babies are getting all the nutrients they need to grow and develop properly. Having a variety in our diet is a great way to do that. But, you know, if you don't like one particular food or if you have an aversion or an allergy to it, then you're going to need to get a little creative in figuring out, well, how am I going to get those nutrients that I need for my baby? And so it can be very helpful to have resources available that will allow you to be able to understand, you know, where you can get the nutrients if you have specific nutritional deficiencies or if you have a certain way of eating where you're, if you're not eating gluten, let's say. There's a variety of ways in which you can get information to allow us to make good food choices so that we don't develop any of these types of deficiencies that we've been talking about. And also, it never hurts to talk with your doctor, right? When you're, you know, questions about nutrition and what you should be eating, you always want to be talking to your doctor and keeping your OB, you know, involved with what you're doing because they can be very helpful, not only in making sure that you're on the right track, but if, you know, let's just say, for example, you're a very strict vegan and you're pregnant, that might mean that you need to take a supplement because of that. And so that's why I, th I always suggest, you know, your OB should be your very best friend. And if he or she is not, then maybe you need to go get another best friend. You really got to have a good relationship with them so you feel comfortable talking to them about all these different things. You know, recently, Dr. Nicole, I've discovered this app called Nine Moons, and I definitely want to get your thoughts on it if you are familiar with it. And I think so I have been working with Expecting a New Moms for the past, it'll be now almost 11 years. And I do sometimes get from my clients, like, what can I eat? Oh, I'm starting to gain too much weight. Or, oh gosh, I'm really nervous about getting gestational diabetes. Or, gosh, I'm really lethargic and I'm so tired. Or, I have so much anxiety, I don't know what to do. And as you said before, our diets play such a huge role in all of that. And so I found this app called Nine Moons. And basically what I've discovered is that it creates like a customized nutrition plan based on your DNA and lifestyle. So I'd love to learn a little bit more about your thoughts and what you think about this, because I thought it was just a really cool, you were talking about there are so many resources, and this is one I wanted to talk more about with you. 
So Nine Moons is great. Like you said, it's an app that you can utilize with your DNA or without. And so our DNA is a really important component of what we're talking about because it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. And that's in large because our DNA can actually affect our nutritional needs. And so we've learned a lot about these different things that are called genetic variants, and they can impact women's nutritional needs. So for example, based on your genes, you might have a higher optimal intake of, let's say, folate than somebody else, or you might have a lower one, depending on your specific DNA. And so your genes can tell you about whether or not you need to closely watch your cholesterol levels or you know, if you're at risk for certain conditions, but they can also help us to better understand our nutrient needs. And that's one of the things that I love about Nine Moons because they have their app, which allows you to utilize your personal DNA profile, and then it can tailor your nutritional needs based off of your DNA. And so you're really utilizing science at its best so that you can optimize your health and the health of your baby. Now, you also have the option to not use the DNA function, and you can just see a guide in terms of what nutrients are important to get during each stage of pregnancy as you go through your pregnancy. And there's lots of options in terms of what foods you should be eating and really just a great way to get ideas about you know different things that you can eat to support your pregnancy. So I really love the fact that there's options available and that it's essential essentially taking the thought out of it, right, for many women, because we're all so busy and we, you know, it's so hard to kind of just mail plan and figure all this out. And Nine Moons essentially is doing that for us. And it's using science to really, like I said, optimize our abilities to make sure we're getting babies all the nutrients that they need and we're having the healthiest pregnancy that we can. I love that. That's so awesome. And you actually like just touched on my next question that I was going to ask you is that like, how does DNA affect the nutritional needs of a woman? So thank you for that. Alternatively, I want to know now, like, how does our lifestyle affect our nutritional needs? So this is another one of those things where it really isn't a one-size-fits-all approach because everybody's different in terms of, you know, how active they are, how much stress they have in their life. And all of these things can have an impact on our nutritional needs, believe it or not, especially the level of physical activity that can have an impact on how many calories you need. And so people who are, you know, very physically active, maybe running around after other little kids at home and, you know, really just out there exercising a lot, they're going to have a different, unique nutritional need than somebody who maybe is kind of maybe more sedentary and not getting as much activity. Also, our dietary patterns are going to impact our nutritional needs. And so whether or not you're a vegan or vegetarian, that can have an impact on the foods that you're going to choose to eat. And that's going to potentially impact whether or not you might need to take a supplement or maybe need to fill in the gaps with other types of foods to make sure you're getting the nutrients that you need. And also stress. I mean, everybody has stressors, right? Because stress is an important part of life. We have to have stress. Not all stress is bad stress, but we all have stressors. And how we deal with those and cope with those can have an impact on how our body actually retains weight and metabolizes nutrients. So if you're not doing your best or not doing as much as you can to manage stress, it can have a negative impact on your body weight and also your body's ability to utilize the nutrients that you're taking in from food. So that's why I always suggest to people really try to figure out what the sources of your stressors are and come up with healthy coping strategies because stress can not only have a negative impact on just how we feel immediately, but it can also have a negative impact on our health. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So now that we know that both are very important, can you give us some examples on how lifestyle and DNA can be complementary? And what about how they you know, might conflict? So lifestyle has a huge impact on our nutritional needs. And, you know, this is one of the big differences that we see between lifestyle and DNA is that our DNA is more permanent, right? It's going to kind of tell us the information that maybe we need to modify our lifestyle so that we can make sure that we're optimizing our health. And so the two can work against each other in the sense that if your DNA tells us that you're more likely to have high cholesterol and you eat a lot of foods and saturated and trans fats, then you're going to find yourself having trouble getting those cholesterol levels down to normal. So that's why it's so important to be able to utilize the information about our DNA to help us to make informed decisions about our lifestyle, knowing that you're at risk for developing some of these conditions or knowing that your body requires more iron, let's say, than somebody else perhaps, that's going to tell us a lot and that's going to allow us to make healthier choices so that we can make sure that we're getting all the nutrients that we need. Also, I think it's important that people are aware of the fact that just because our genes tell us that you know we have certain tendencies towards things, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. I think we need to look at it from the positive aspect of saying, knowing what our DNA is telling us about our nutritional needs is actually a gift because now we can make the changes, right? We can do things differently. We can modify our diet so that we are making sure that we're getting all the nutrients that we do need to stay healthy. That's awesome. And, you know, Dr. Nicole, I have lately been also hearing about RDAs. Can you explain to us and our listeners what RDAs are? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So RDAs, there's a lot, right? It's like alphabet soup with all these different acronyms. It gets a little confusing. So happy to break it down. So RDA stands for recommended dietary allowance. And so this is basically the average daily level of intake of a specific nutrient or vitamin that is sufficient to meet the nutrient requirements of nearly all people who are healthy. So approximately like 97 to 98% of people who are healthy. The one thing we need to keep in mind, though, is that the RDA changes for some nutrients based on pregnancy status. So it is important that we keep that in mind that just because you're eating a healthy diet, when you become pregnant, you might need to even modify that diet a bit just because the nutritional needs are different during pregnancy for some of these different nutrients than they are when we're not pregnant. And so, again, it's important to keep in mind, too, that our DNA plays a role here because your needs for a certain nutrient might actually differ from the RDA based on your DNA, right? So if our DNA is telling us that our iron or our folate needs are greater 
then we might need to actually be consuming more than the RDA. And so that's why our DNA can be such a useful tool. And again, that's one of the reasons why the Nine Moons app is so great, because it really integrates our DNA information with the amount of these different nutrients that we need. So it really takes the guesswork out of the whole equation. I was going to say, this is the first time I've ever seen this type of technology and really custom tailoring something for pregnant women. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I really think this is the wave of the future. This whole personalized nutrition approach, I think, is just so important. And I am so excited that the science has finally gotten here, where we can actually take this information about our genes and put it to use, put it to very good use. And I think that having technology available like this is really going to have an impact on the health outcomes that we're going to see from generations on, because now we're going to be able to make better choices and to customize our nutrition and our lifestyle plans based off of what's happening with our genes. I'm so glad that you explained also like how DNA can influence RDA profiles. That was really helpful. Thank you. Now I want to know, how does nutrition change throughout a woman's pregnancy? Because that's, I think, the main question that I get from women. Like, okay, I know I have to change things, but like, how does my nutrition change and explain that for us? <laughs> it's funny. I often think of it as a journey, right? Because if you go on a, a journey through the forest and you follow, let's say you're going on a hike, your path is going to change, you know, depending on where you go as you go through the journey, right? And I almost feel like pregnancy is the same when it comes to this because our nutritional needs change not only when you become pregnant, but then throughout the pregnancy. What you need in the first trimester is not the same as what you need at the third trimester or even when you're nursing or breastfeeding or beyond pregnancy. And so that's one of the reasons why in my book, What to Eat When You're Pregnant, I kind of break things down week to week because even on that level, your nutritional needs are going to be changing. And so there's a, different points in pregnancy are going to require us to take in more or less of certain nutrients. So for example, there was a recent study that showed that women who took folic acid supplements in the third trimester were more likely to have a lower birth weight infant who also had increased weight gain in the first month of life. And so this might might seem like a good thing, but it actually isn't because this rapid weight gain has been linked to obesity and obesity-related disorders later in life. So what does this tell us? That the amount of folic acid that you're consuming maybe needs to change throughout the course of a pregnancy. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same as it is in the first trimester in the third. And so that's why having the opportunity to be able to not only incorporate our DNA and our unique specific needs into this equation can be helpful, but also just understanding that we've learned so much about pregnancy, I think down to the week or the day of a pregnancy that the nutritional needs are going to be changing. Also, just on a more sort of higher level, it's important for women to know that your calorie needs are differing as you go through a pregnancy. So believe it or not, you don't need any extra calories in the first trimester of pregnancy. Wait, and Dr. Nicole, the whole thing of I'm eating for two is false? Wow, shocker. <laughs> I know. And I've been pregnant a few times, so I can speak to this from personal experience that I definitely needed extra calories in that first trimester. Nobody was telling me no. But from a nutritional standpoint, you technically don't need extra calories during that first trimester. And, you know, the amount of extra calories that you need, it's 
really just a little bit in the second and maybe a little bit more in the third. But, you know, we're not talking like, you know, eating, like you said, for two where you're ordering a second meal for you and your baby. So that's important, I think, for women to understand that sometimes, even though our calorie needs aren't necessarily being dramatically increased, our nutrient needs are. And so if you're not eating the right types of foods during your pregnancy, you might be finding that you're deficient in one or more nutrients. And that's what could be causing you to crave foods. That's what could be causing you to feel hungry and feel like you need more calories. So I think something like the Nine Moons app is great because it's allowing you to see what foods you should be focusing on so that you can have a balanced diet and you can make sure you're getting all the nutrition that you need. So you don't find that you're feeling compelled to overeat or feeling like you're totally food deprived and just starving and needing all those extra calories. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Can you explain to us just a little bit more in depth, Dr. Nicole, about how Nine Moons can help women specifically tailor their nutrition and diet during pregnancy and how that all works? The app is so user-friendly. When you open it up, it asks you some basic questions about, you know, where you are in your pregnancy, your due date, some basic demographic information, questions about your lifestyle. And it's from there, with or without your DNA, it allows you to then go even further and then make adjustments to your lifestyle, eating behaviors, not only, again, to nourish your baby, but also to nourish yourself. And it can allow you to feel healthier, have more energy by addressing the fact that if you try to do this on your own without the guidance of the app, you might find that you're not putting together the right combinations of different foods each day to meet all of the necessary nutrient needs that you have. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm a big fan of the app is that it's essentially taking the guesswork out of the equation and it's allowing you to see what foods would be optimal for you to consume during your pregnancy and you know you're able to select from each day what things are going to allow you to get the nutrients that you need to stay on track I love that. That's so helpful. And we know that pregnancy is just so exhausting. I mean, there were some days where I was like, do I really have to get up? I just, I'm growing an eyeball right now. Like I just can't, I'm, I'm so exhausted. And sometimes the thought of making a healthy meal is just as exhausting. <laughs> so do you have any tips that moms can use to make fast and nutritious meals? Yeah, absolutely. So in my book, What to Eat When You're Pregnant, I do have a lot of recipes that are meant to be simple and easy. And I really think that's the key word is simple. And you don't have to have this whole complicated, drawn out recipe in order for something to be healthy. Actually, the fewer the ingredients, the better. I think that you know, if you basically bring it back to the basics, you can get everything that you need to make sure that you're getting all the nutrients that you need. So for example, a plate of chicken, a rice, and a vegetable is a perfectly acceptable meal for dinner, right? It doesn't have to be this whole you know, complicated process. Or a breakfast of oatmeal with maybe a little bit of fruit and nuts is a great way to have a balanced meal for breakfast time. I like to try to suggest that people limit themselves to just a couple of ingredients, ideally from different food groups, and that can help to make meal prep a lot easier. One of the things that I often suggest too is that I'm not sure about you, but I know I'll kind of go in spurts with my desire to be able to make a meal, right? And to meal prep. And so if you find that you're in one of those spurts where you're like, you know, happily chopping up vegetables, 
do it in bulk, do, you know, a bunch of chopping at one time so you can have these things on hand so you could store them in the freezer. So if you're chopping up peppers or carrots, put them in little bags in the freezer. And then when it's time to make a meal, you can, you know, toss them in so you have them on hand and available. Just little quick tips like this are, I think, a good way to make sure that you're just making it easier for yourself so that when you're in those moments where you're exhausted and really just don't have the energy, you're not compelled to you know, pick up the phone and order a pizza, but instead you can quickly and easily throw something together that you have in your pantry or in your freezer or in your refrigerator. That's so helpful. And I know that we also briefly touched on this in our conversation earlier, but the need for good nutrition just obviously doesn't stop when the baby arrives. <laughs> Postpartum nutrition is so important. What are the most important things moms should keep in mind when it comes to their postpartum diet and nutrition? I think this is such a good question. I'm so glad that you asked about it because we're starting to hear more and more about how, you know, pregnancy doesn't really just end abruptly when you deliver the baby. <laughs> I, wish, I, mean, I wish you could just be like, oh, I'm miraculously back and I feel great after this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a process, right? It was a process to get the baby delivered and it's a process to get to the other side of it, right? And so, you know, we hear a lot of talk about the fourth trimester, which is essentially, you know, the period of a few months after you deliver the baby while your body is adjusting, well, you might be breastfeeding and you're bonding with your baby. And this is a very important time window. And diet can have an impact on that. That's why it's important that, you know, we make sure that we're eating well, even after we have the baby. Now, obviously, if you're breastfeeding, you want to make sure that you are eating well, because your baby is relying on you for the nutrients that it's going to get from your breast milk. And so making sure that you're eating a healthy diet during this period is is very important. But even for moms who maybe aren't breastfeeding, it's important to make sure that you're taking care of your body and nourishing your body so that you can be happy and make sure that you are going to be able to bond with your baby. It can help to minimize stress. And so having a new baby at home is a wonderful experience, but it can be stressful. And I think you know, making sure that we're eating healthy and supporting our nutritional needs is going to allow us to be on game and to make sure that we're able to enjoy the baby and not get hung up on maybe feeling lethargic or, you know, one of the things that I have women often talk about is how, you know, they want to lose the baby weight. They want to lose the baby weight. And, you know, I always tell people it's going to come off, but the way to have it come off most quickly and efficiently is if you eat a healthy diet and don't deprive yourself. Because if you deprive yourself, not only are you going to have a harder time actually keeping any weight off that you do lose, but you're also going to have a harder time bonding with the baby. If you're irritable, if you're cranky because you're not getting enough nutrition or the right nutrition, that's going to have a negative impact on the experience. So postpartum nutrition is so important for a variety of reasons. And I often tell women, you know, you should eat like you're still pregnant. Eat like you have a baby in you, even if you don't, because that's going to be a great way to make sure you're getting all the nutrients that you need. I actually have another question for you, Dr. Nicole. I think this will be one of my last questions, I promise. I've had a couple of clients where they've come to me saying, Nina, I am just not hungry. I'm not hungry, but I know I need to be eating, but just nothing feels satisfying. Nothing tape, like it just doesn't feel good. I just don't want to eat. 
what do you tell these women? How can, because I'm like, well, you have to, like, this is a major part of your recovery and like feeding your child. So we have to have this energy. So you need to eat. But what do you tell women? I've heard that too. And, you know, I think, again, it goes back to our DNA. Everybody's unique, right? In the sense that, you know, some people find that after they deliver their baby that they don't feel hungry and that they don't feel like they need all this food. But what I say to people is, even though you might not feel like you need to eat, you do need to eat. You need do need to make sure that you know you are nourishing your body. And again, our hormones play a big role in this. And one of the big hormones that we know can impact our diet is something called cortisol. And cortisol is a stress hormone. And this is released in a variety of different conditions. It fluctuates throughout the day. When people are really stressed out, their cortisol levels will rise. And what happens in our brains when the cortisol levels are high, the signal is sent, don't eat because we're in a stressful situation. So the last thing you want to do when you're stressed out is be like, I'm hungry. Let me sit down and eat something. So a lot of times, you know, postpartum women are experiencing stress or just maybe not psychological stress, but the physical stress that happened to their body from the period of delivering the baby, that could be affecting cortisol levels in a way that make you feel like you're not hungry. And so again, I think it's always important to talk to your doctor if you find that, you know, you can't keep food down, if it's making you nauseous, but if it's a situation where you just don't feel like eating, try to have something, try to have something healthy. You know, salads are always a great way. Focus on vegetables because there's so many micronutrients that we need in vegetables. But it is important to make sure that you are getting all the nutrients that you need, even if you feel like you're not enjoying them as much as you have in the past. I've been telling my clients that if you just feel like you cannot stomach another thing, maybe just like some soup or broth can be so, like bone broth can be so helpful. I was just curious, like, is there anything else if they're just like, no, literally, I can't even imagine putting a leafy green in my mouth right now. <laughs> is there, I've just been saying that. Is there any other advice that you would give? Yeah. So you're right. It's Sometimes it's about the texture. Sometimes it's about the fact that like, I don't feel like preparing a meal and chewing it. I mean, so I like the bone broth idea. I also often recommend smoothies. I am a big advocate for drinking your vegetables. <laughs> and so even though you might not want to sit there and like, you know, cut up carrots and celery and all that stuff, you can very quickly throw those things into a blender and make yourself a great smoothie, add some protein powder, and you can chug it in. 30 seconds and then have this great nutritious snack or maybe even a meal, depending on what you throw in there. And so that's an option that I often recommend. But you do want to make sure, like I said, that you are trying to get that balance and trying to make sure you're getting enough of those carbohydrates, enough protein, and enough healthy fats because it is going to have an impact on how you feel. And also, we won't want to have people having nutritional deficiencies postpartum because that can cause problems in terms of milk production and things like that too. That is so helpful. I appreciate those tips. Thank you. And now we've talked a little bit about some resources, but if you can list them again or any additional ones, are there any resources that you recommend that our listeners look into to learn more about nutrition during pregnancy? Yes, I definitely recommend checking out the Nine Moons app. You can go to ninemoons.com, like the number nine moons.com, and you can learn all about the resources that they have available in terms of DNA and also nutrition. So I definitely recommend that. Also, 
please check out my book, What to Eat When You're Pregnant. In there, I have lots of information about nutrition during pregnancy and lots of yummy recipes. And anyone who's interested in learning more about me, they can check me out at drnicoleavina.com or on social, I'm at Dr. Nicole Avina. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Great. Thank you so much, Dr. Nicole. And any final thoughts or just advice for our listeners that you want to leave with us? Well, you know, I think having gone through pregnancy on both sides of the equation as, you know, a scientist studying the effects of nutrition on the brain and also as a mom who, you know, got pregnant and had a couple of babies, I think that it's so important to just make sure that you're enjoying yourself. And one of the best ways you can do that is by fueling your body with the best fuel that you can. And that really comes down to nutrition and what we put into ourselves. And so take the extra time to prep that food and you know do what you can to make sure that you're optimizing your health because it's not only going to have a positive impact on the baby's health, but it's also just going to make you feel so much better so that you can enjoy that little baby. That's so true. I love that. Okay. And like I said, I I normally ask, like, where can our listeners find you? So please repeat that again, Dr. Nicole. Where can they find you? You can find me at drnicoleavina.com and on social at Dr. Nicole Avina. And then also check out the Nine Moons app at ninemoons.com. This was so helpful and informative, Dr. Nicole. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us and these tips. They've been so helpful and important as we think about nutrition during pregnancy and beyond. So thank you again. Oh, thank you so much. This has been so great. Absolutely. And for our listeners out there, to learn more about Nine Moons, download the app, Nine Moons, or as she said, go to their website, nine the number nine moons.com to start your 14-day free trial. I've tried it myself and the process was incredibly easy and super informative. Our team will be posting today's episode on our Baby Chick Facebook page. So if you have any questions or comments about our discussion, please share them with us in the comments. And as always, if you have haven't already, please subscribe to Chip Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Cheers to a healthier and more nutritious and delicious motherhood.